Hey family, thank you for following and trusting the path that led you here. This is Flow Space, Conscious Conversations with J&D. I'm Jerrica. And I'm Deandra. Our discussions will be led by intuition and spirit as we continue to evolve and learn about what it means to live an earthly human experience. So how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Actually, I feel a lot better today. I feel like I've been going through some um, quantum shifting. And this morning I woke up and felt very rejuvenated. So maybe it's the new moon. Um, how are y'all feeling today? Yeah, I'd say probably the same. That's yeah. like a pretty good synopsis as to the like, current events. Current Have y'all been energies. feeling like the heavy, dense energy recently? Uh, yesterday it hit me really like intensely around... You know what? I just realized the eclipse was last night mm. around 11 p.m. Eastern time. I was in bed. My heart started racing um, and I have a meter to check my heart rate. So my heart rate while laying down was like 145. OK. And then my physical body started shaking. I started feeling nauseous, like if I had to use the bathroom. Mm hmm. My mind, it felt like if I was in the center of Times Square with, like, just so much noise. I kept hearing sirens in my head. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I was like, what is going on? (sighs) And I got so, like, freaked out, you know? Like, it was something that I was like, okay, let's breathe through this. I started, like, humming, trying to self-soothe. And then I put on a frequency, um, and I ended up falling asleep. And my dreams were super intense last night, a lot of, like, activity. So I I didn't even get time to reflect because I stayed in bed pretty late this morning because of how I felt last night. But um, today I feel good. Like, I feel refreshed. I feel rejuvenated. So I'm grateful to feel the shift from what I experienced last night. That's awesome. Do you feel like some of that noise was, like... Was it self-limiting beliefs and like imposter syndrome and stuff coming up? Or was it more like just like the siren noises and like that buzzing kind of in your mind? Yeah, it was like the siren noises. It really like I um, lowered my window to see if there were sirens outside of my home. I was like, this is so weird because it felt so vivid. Um, But it was like the difference between like um, a fire truck going and like a police car. It was like those two at the same time. Interesting. Yeah, and, like, a lot of just, like, that buzzing feeling. Are you a big dreamer? Yeah. Interesting. What do you think the sirens were representative of? So, at first, my human mind, my husband's a firefighter, and he was out. So, I was, like, I started getting nervous, like, is something wrong with him? So, I reached out to him, and he was totally fine. So, I'm, like, okay, like, what is this? Um... And in my dream state, I was sharing with uh, Deandra earlier this morning, I we were doing a podcast in my basement. Mm-hmm. And it was a live audience, which is something we've never done. And everybody while we were doing the podcast was talking. So I was like, hey, like the microphone is picking up on all of the side conversations. So if you want to talk, like go upstairs. So people went upstairs and a select few stood downstairs. And then there was this like clear, sticky energy that started like seeping through the floor. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like a good energy from what I felt. So I was like, oh, my God, like, we all have to leave the basement right now. So we all go upstairs and I brought some <laughs> of it upstairs on the bottom of my foot. 
And my husband was like, no, like we have to clean this up right now. Like it's going to manifest. And I woke up like in the process of scrubbing it. So the sirens going back to the sirens felt like some sort of like alarm. Like it was an internal alarm. Like I need to focus on something, what it is I haven't felt into, but something needs my attention. Yeah. Do you think that's what that like kind of like dark um, sludgy energy was like, just like you said, like an alert system, like, Hey, maybe there's something like in our subconscious or like our reality that we need to take a deeper look at. Yeah, definitely. I feel like that, like as speaking about it right now, that's what comes to mind for me. Oh, at least, at least you know what it is. <laughs> Cause I bet that was scary. Like while you were in that situation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how are you feeling? Did you have any uh, wild dreams or anything last night? I couldn't even tell you because as of late, I haven't really been like sitting with my dreams or like giving them my full attention to really see what messages lie there for me. Like I just let them come to mind throughout my day if like it's something in my physical reality triggers a memory of my dreams. Um... How do I feel? I feel like there's a lot to manage, all good things, mm-hmm. um, just like a lot of like new things coming into reality. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> but it can but, be overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's just like learning to like own all of that, all of the new space and what that looks like is like new opportunities for deeper self-discovery, um, new like physical opportunities, like for our mm-hmm. business. So with all of those things coming into my awareness, it's like, okay, I have to like manage all of these things. How do I juggle like all of these things that are asking of me in a way that doesn't feel overwhelming, mm-hmm. but feels um, good and remaining in a grateful headspace for all that is coming to my awareness because I know like it's all things I've been praying for. Oh, that's a weird dichotomy sometimes when it's like so overwhelming, but you ask for all the things. <laughs> so how do you all find balance in your business? Because I was recently having a conversation with someone about how like we are our business is a little bit different than like a normal, typical, you know, brick and mortar business. <laughs> how do you find balance between your business and life outside of it? It's something I think that we constantly revisit because it's very easy. Like we, I would say that most of the time we're very in the feminine creative energy and we're just like flowing and that's how we live our life. So like it intertwines a lot, but then there are times that we shift more into the masculine side of things. And then we're like, okay, flow space all day long. And then it's 11 PM and we're like, oh my God, it's 11 PM. (laughs) So We try to find the balance in having like a loose structure, like, okay, this day, like next week, this day, we're going to dedicate to flow space. This day, we're going to have like a fun day, like adventure and nature, whatever it is, Um, to not get to that space of like feeling burnt out. Because like when you work for corporate, that's what causes you to feel so like icky and not feel good. Mm -hmm. So we never want to have that come forward for us since this is such energetic work. Do you feel that when you kind of switch over into the masculine energy, maybe like a little too much, that it does like affect the spiritual, you know, feminine energy flow of things? It kind of like bogs it down and makes it heavy. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 
Uh, And we catch it. We're like, this does not feel like us. This doesn't feel true. This doesn't feel like flow space. Like, what? Where did we go? Like off path. Yeah, and usually it doesn't last too long because of how like dense it does feel and how apparent it is the feeling. Um, so we usually check in pretty quickly. Uh, the longest duration that that's happened recently was like maybe like four or five days, and then I was like, okay, what's happening? Like, mm-hmm. where did we astray and went too far on like one end of the scale? I love that. Do y'all feel like it's easier to catch now, like than in the beginning when y'all first started? Yeah. Yes. Because, and I think what shifted for us was really connecting to our why and like the intention. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, once we established that and like we live through that, anytime something like creeps in that isn't in alignment with that, let's say it's like money motivated or something that's just not our like pure intention you feel the shift. You feel yeah. where the creation is coming from. I love that. Have Has y'all's, because I've been talking about that a lot, of finding your why, because that's the fuel that will keep you going, especially on the days where it's like more difficult in your business. Mm-hmm. Um, do y'all feel like your why has shifted along the journey? I, I don't think so. No. Our why has always remained the same. It's just in the ways that we connect to it has shifted. Um, And like, I think in the ways that it has shifted in honesty, you know, like really being honest, like, okay, this is our why, this is where we're at in our business. And that's okay, Mm because this is what we want to be doing. Yeah, remaining in integrity, um, which is part of that process of connecting to the why and our connection to it. Mm -hmm. I love that that's like a, um, I don't mean, uh, (laughs) let's talk about what you were saying, what were you saying? No, please. I was saying that it's a good um, basis block of always coming back to integrity with self and business because then you can always redirect and realign off of that. Yeah. Yeah. And what about for you, Sage? Do you feel that, like, how do you bring balance to your business and your life? If I would go back and tell my younger self when I first started my business, I would say you need to take dedicated days off and not let it become all consuming and you think about it 24 seven. And so I didn't do that in the beginning and it led to a lot of burnout and exhaustion and resentment, not necessarily with my business or clients, but more so like the energetics of things (laughs) being way too in that like um, corporate energy still, right? Which is the opposite of what I was trying to do. And so now I'll just take days off where I go hang out with mother Gaia and reconnect to self or connect to my inner children or just connect to pieces of me that are outside of the spiritual business context. So that's what I tell people like you, you got to make time for yourself. Yeah, I think it's so important. And I feel like not a lot of people do speak about this because the concept of like, okay, you have a business, so you need to be like dedicated to your business. You need to be going until like you can't go and then even then keep going because like you're building your business up but Mm. when working with energy and like having an energetic business or a spiritual business that is so far from what actually needs to be Mm -hmm. happening (laughs) (laughs) you got to really fill up your own cup and like be in that flow space (laughs) if you will right yeah you really are your business when you are having the energetic business. So however well you're doing is how well your life and business are doing. 
And so instead of hustle grind 24 seven, you taking a bath or watching cartoons or putting a Lego set together is still making forward movement and progress in your life. Yes, creating that space. And like, how would you define an energetic based business, like a spiritual based business? Like, what is that? Okay, so the context and what I'm in, because it may not apply to all spiritual businesses, but for me, it is helping support people with things that I have been through in my life experiences and offering to like hold space, hold guidance, share tools and resources that might help them on their journey. So it either saves them time and energy or helps them learn through a different perspective lens. So it clinks in, <laughs> right? And just mirroring back to them the things that they need to hear in order to move forward on their journey. Mm, that's so beautiful. <laughs> and it, it reminds me. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, you go ahead. I was going to say, I was looking at your website, um, your About Me, and I read like what stuck out to me was um, your grandfather asking you when you were younger, like, what did you want to do? And you wanted to help people. So that really is like such a nice uh, like manifestation or representation of that being your energetic business. Absolutely. I think my why, as we were talking about before, was I don't want anybody to have to feel or experience the things that I went through because I had a really traumatic childhood. And so I wanted people to feel seen, heard, validated that they could trust themselves and that they could trust other people because those are all wounds that I had to work through. And so that's been always my focus point of how can I help somebody feel safe and loved? <laughs> so, yes. That's really beautiful. Yeah, that's Thank really you. beautiful. And how did that begin for you bringing this forward? Uh, the Bringing the business forward? Or before the business, like, because we jumped right in. Um, if you can tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and how your journey <laughs> began. Yeah, we kind of just, like, jump right in. I think we would do that at, like, the end, you know, because it's just, yeah. like, it just took off. <laughs> but, yes, go ahead. Okay. So, uh, I guess I'll start with a type of work that I do, and then I'll work backwards and then move forward. <laughs> okay. So the type that I work that I do is I do a lot of inner child healing with people. Like that's really the basis point of everything that I do because I have seen a correlation where most of people's wounds, abandonment, trust, people pleasing, hyper independence, the things that create the stuckness in your life, behavioral patterns, triggers, they stem from childhood. You are getting programmed and taught these things. And they're real life experiences. And so the more that you experience them, the more that becomes your reality. Like it sets so deep into your subconscious because it's true over and over and over and over again. So you have to have some type of um, reflection back to you about how life can be different and how those things are not your fault. I think a lot of people have shame and guilt when they get in these stuck phases or they build these small container spaces around themselves that was not your fault that that happened. It's just life, right? But we also have to defragment those things and heal within self to free ourselves from those things. And so that's why I focus heavily on inner child healing because that's the root of most of it. And so the other work that I do is I help people start their own spiritual businesses. And so my main focus actually just shifted over into helping people with their legacy. 
And so that is, we've healed a lot of abandonment and trust wounds and people pleasing and hyper-independence and all those things that keep us stuck. Now it's time to step more into our multidimensionality. So this is you being a light worker, empath, neurodivergent, and you came here to planet Earth to help with the ascension process. So what does that look like for you? Is that you becoming a spiritual coach or an energy healer or starting like an environmentally friendly uh, clothing business? It can really be anything that really wants to help the collective shift forward into the divine feminine age. And so that's the type of work that I'm sh that I shifted into. <laughs> and so, yes. And I love how it feels so connected because um, inner child healing is something that I've been really focusing on lately because it is so like monumental. It's so fundamental to how we are as our like adult self, mm -hmm. like where we're currently at. Um, so revisiting all of these patterns, like you said, that we might subconsciously engage in without realizing it. And that carries forward in our business. So specific decisions we may be making or like fear-based mindsets mm -hmm. that we don't even realize we're operating through um, can stem from a childhood trauma or just like by witnessing, you know, like toxic behavior or something like that and not knowing right from wrong as a child. So we took on these beliefs that aren't healthy and they're not true to us. Um, and I really love, cause I've been really realizing how much that can um, spill over into the business side of things. And then it can energetically not allow you to have the business that you desire for yourself. So I love how you're speaking on both of those and how your work shifted, but still like with the legacy, you revisit um, that past version of yourself. Yeah. <clears throat> it's such a holistic approach to business and, and you explained it so beautifully how it's all connected and it's amazing how you revisit the root in order to blossom and grow from a more connected space. And that's what brings me to my question of how did that begin for you in your own personal life? Like, how did you begin to address this that allowed it to become a business that you now offer? Absolutely. I will say, like, I will talk about inner child healing all the live long day because that is what radically shifted me into a brand new life. Like that, when I first started getting into inner child healing specifically, it completely changed the trajectory of my life because I could see how much, I don't want to say damage necessarily, but how much chaos that that was causing in my life because of all the certain filter lenses that I was looking through of imposter syndrome or fear. And a lot of times people think that's just coming from like our adult human conscious scape, but it's all these little scared inner children inside of us that need a parent, guardian, teacher, friend. Um, to help them work through those things and release that trauma that's wrapped up around them. So uh, how I got into this was uh, I had a lot of abandonment and trust wounds from childhood because my mom was in and out of my life. And then my grandparents adopted me and my sister, and they're very religious. Like my grandfather was a Southern Baptist preacher. <laughs> and so nothing against religion, just the household that I grew up in was very oppressive. And it was just very intense. <laughs> and I was homeschooled until ninth grade. And so I went to high school in ninth grade and I did not have the social skills at all. I was very isolated when I was a child. So that was very like shocking to my system. 
I also was undiagnosed with autism and ADHD and was also an empath and a light worker and didn't realize I was picking up on other people's thoughts and emotions and their feelings. And so I was just constantly overstimulated. I didn't know how to process my emotions. Nobody taught me how to do that. I lived in a household that was very much, you need to just hold it together and not show that because it's a sign of weakness, right? And they were they were doing the best that they could by trying to make me a very strong <laughs> like woman, right? Without having to um, get too wrapped up in my quote unquote emotions. But in this process of learning, you connecting to your emotions is the strongest thing that you can do. <laughs> so I want to say that for people as well, because that's a fuel for everything. Uh, so I uh, graduated high school and then I went to uh, school for psychology. Love that. I was really interested in like how human behavior works. This is before I had my spiritual awakening journey. Um, and then I worked in the mental health field for a while, uh, working with children specifically. And I really enjoyed that. That's where my love of children, like working with children started. And I see now why I went on that path, because now I help people with their inner children. <laughs> and so it all worked out. So I had extreme anxiety and depression. I had an eating disorder and body dysmorphia. I had a bunch of narcissistic relationships and like a lot of gaslighting, love bombing. And it really made me curl tail into myself, like make myself so extremely small inside. And it was just one experience after the other. And I was just struggling so much in life and everything I like, I've always been a very hard worker, but it didn't matter how hard I worked, I wasn't getting the payoff but that's because I was crumbling inside. Like I was in a very bad mental health space. So after school, <laughs> I opened a doggy daycare and I had that for seven years and I loved that. That was absolutely amazing. And it was my purpose at that time. But my son's father and I, we were business partners and that was part of the abusive relationship that I was in. And I said, I need to get out of this. So I had to take a leap of faith on myself and go out as a single mom and basically start all the way over from scratch. And that's when I had my spiritual awakening and a huge dark night of the soul tower moment while still battling anxiety and depression. And so then I went and did like I was a bar manager for a while. I went to work at a nonprofit with um, girls and that was great. And all along the way, I was just working on myself, <laughs> just constantly, constantly working on myself, learning as much as I could about spirituality and psychology. And along the way, I discovered inner child healing. At first, I thought it was one inner child. And I, when I'm talking to people about inner children, they say, I have a hard time connecting. And I say, well, you actually have lots of inner children inside. All of them have different memories and different experiences. They all need different tools and resources. And so I just started healing one inner child. And then all of a sudden more inner children started coming up and saying, can you help me with this? Can you help me with this? Can you help me with this? And once I started doing that, I started finding the roots of where these things were coming from. And then I started doing huge energy trauma clear outs. And it completely shifted things for me. It healed my anxiety. It healed my depression. It healed like circumstances that were going on around my life that were not in alignment. 
Now, with that came a huge dark night of the soul, as I'm sure y'all have probably been through yourselves, <laughs> where the universe says, oh, we're about to strip everything that's not in alignment with you, <laughs> right? And that was very scary. But in that process, my inner children learned to trust me as the higher self. Because I always kept reminding them, no matter what happens, I will always be here for you and I will always protect you and guide you, just as I've always done our whole entire life. And once you build safety and security and trust with your inner children, you become unstoppable. You can literally manifest anything that you want in your life because you don't have those fear paradigms like surrounding your reality, causing you to like shrink into self and play small. Now that's a process and a journey. Like there's always healing to be done. <laughs> uh, with my inner children, I think that I always clear something out all the way and then it just comes right back around like six months later and then we heal at a deeper level. Um, but that's how I started the business. I said, I need to teach people these processes. <laughs> like I want to make this available because it. I didn't have the information when I first started. I saw a gap <laughs> and I said, I want to make sure people know that they can do this for self and how revolutionary it can be. And so when I was working at the bar, I said, I'm going to be a coach. I said, I don't know how I'm going to make it happen, but that's going to be my reality. And I worked out at every single day and I started doing part-time readings, Akashic record readings. And then I learned Reiki and then I learned light language. And then I got into the actual coaching aspect where I was uh, holding bigger or people in bigger containers. So helping people through six week processes, eight week processes, three month processes. And now most often when I work with somebody on a longer term coaching process, they're going through a transitional shift. It's like they want to step into a bigger version of self, but they're nervous and scared. <laughs> somebody to help guide them along that process because it is really scary shifting into like a whole new identity <laughs> but that's how but that's how I started <laughs> wow I know I went on a tangent there <laughs> no I love everything you shared yeah. okay. <laughs> especially about the like multiple inner children because it's a concept that I've definitely experienced you know like when connecting with an inner child version of myself each memory I feel is attached to a different version of myself because of whatever was happening to that version in that moment. Mm -hmm. So there's like so many different versions and you connect with them. And like you said, like you might go through a whole healing process with them, but then it comes back again because there's a deeper level of healing. And I love like the emphasis that the healing journey, you know, like it is forever. That's what we're here on earth doing. We're elevating and we're just ascending our souls and the healing is definitely part of it all of the just these different versions so I'm grateful for that explanation because it made like so much sense to me like yeah like that's why the inner child is different like there's different energy to each inner child that I have without me ever thinking of it in that way yeah and like different energy associated to the different memories of our childhood mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I just want to thank you so much for going into such detail on your whole entire journey and sharing it in such a vulnerable space and an empowered space. It is so beautiful to see how once these things lived within you, having anxiety, depression, and being able to talk about these things from a 
empowered, whole, safe space is so beautiful to witness and so healing um, because it's so cool. Everything that you're sharing, as Jerrica was sharing about um, working on the inner child, I've like I'm, I'm on the beginning of going through like certain workshops that Jerrica has just done. So, so I've been like mentally preparing myself and this feels like such a greater fuel to the fire of my like intention to do it, but also um, like feeling comfortable and like prepared and ready and capable. And it's really nice to hear <clears throat> what lies on the other side from various people, like from you and Jerka in this moment. And I feel that that's really helpful for whoever is listening and has these nudges to go deeper with themselves, but may have fear um, surrounding it. Yeah, that's such a good point because I was actually speaking to somebody um, recently, like very recently, and they were sharing some things and what came up like in what came up as a form of like a really healthy way of dealing with what they were going through would be revisiting like their childhood traumas. So inner child's work. But the person was very like afraid to go there with themselves because they know what the child experienced and they know like what that did to them. So there's like a lot of fear, like, no, it's out of sight, out of mind. Like, I don't need to revisit that. But it's so important to recognize how our inner child lives within us. And we are motivated by those feelings that the child experienced. So even though it's scary and it can be, you know, it can cause hesitancy or resistance to revisit those times because of what we experienced as children, but the healing that's on the other side of that and what it does for you is so expansive. Yeah. And I feel like that's really what's so important to highlight because as at least what Jerk and I have found, like in our own personal lives, not many, there's a lot of hesitancy as Jerk has shared around um, just healing and exploring ourselves, not even in just the inner child, but in the other ways that we show up. Although based off this conversation, it can be said that a lot of um, what comes up in our adult lives does stem from that space. So it is all in one anyway. Um, but it is such important and um, worthy work to do and so fulfilling. So I just appreciate that a lot because I feel it's really important and hopefully it helps. Yeah. Absolutely. I um, tell people that I don't think there's any right or wrong time to start inner child healing. But even for myself, I didn't start doing that until I was 27 years old. There was so much mindset work and things that I needed to heal in my current reality paradigm before I could even get to my inner children. Because when you are stepping in as a higher self to help them heal, if you don't feel safe and secure in your present reality, it's difficult to teach somebody else how to create safety and security if you yourself don't feel that way. So I always tell people, don't feel guilty or shameful if you haven't gotten to that place yet. It's totally fine. It's going to be more beneficial for you to create a safer space for you in the here and now and learn how to process your emotions and regulate your central nervous system. Because when you start doing that inner child healing, you're pulling up a lot of PTSD like you are going to have really intense bodily reactions 
when you're going deep into those memories. So if you learn how to regulate central nervous system and process your emotions in the here and now, when you go back to do those things, it's a lot easier. And when I start doing inner child healing with people, I like when we're talking about therapists, love therapists, I was going to be a clinical psychologist and then we did a pivot, <laughs> right? But a lot of times they're healing like the psychology mindset level and healing a memory. When I'm going in with people, we're going through your Akashic records and we're actually meeting with your inner child. Like you have a full conversation with them. And it's kind of shocking sometimes when I take people in because they're like, oh my gosh, that's a whole nother person. It's me, but it's not me. And most often when we first go in, if somebody's newer to inner child healing, we don't dig through the trauma. All we do is come in and say like, hey, I love you. You are safe and I care about what you have to say. And I want to help you on this healing journey. What can we do together that is fun? Because a lot of us have abandonment and trust wounds, and you can heal those by just showing up. Like you building a Lego set and asking your inner child to come forward and do it with you, it's probably going to be way more healing than you digging through a lot of trauma stuff. Like just holding space and loving them unconditionally and telling them that whatever happened in the past is fine. We are not holding any ill will. There's no judgment. We're doing the best that we can with what we have at that time. We love them unconditionally. Sometimes that is more beneficial than digging through the trauma memories. I love that highlight. Um, several things came up for me as you were sharing. The concept of like the the healing work isn't instant. It takes time and moving slowly through that process is so beneficial, especially like you said, you have to establish safety within the self because if you just jump right into inner child or any type of trauma um, healing, you can really dysregulate the nervous system and create more trauma for yourself to have to deal with. So emphasizing on taking it slow, being honest with where you're at, because I know for me in my personal journey, it got to a place, I got to a place where I was like, I just want to heal everything, you know, like, yes. <laughs> I'm gonna go and I'm just gonna like put myself through it all. And I just wanted to get it done with. And I had the notion that like, once I did it, it was going to be done, I would be healed. And that was it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's so far from the truth. Um, so like really giving yourself extending the grace to the self, the patience, the love, like you mentioned. Um, that was another thing, like how helpful it can be. Like if somebody is navigating these spaces and is unclear of how to connect with the inner child in a safe space or even establish safety in their present life to deal with, you know, how you said feeling emotions, coaches are there to support you through this. And, you know, it's a really beneficial tool to invest in yourself in that way. Yes. And to add to that, I really love the highlight of when revisiting inner children, the difference between um, the identities, like we are not them in mm -hmm. our current timeline, but sometimes like the fear that arises, especially if trying to address something prematurely or doing it through facing trauma instead of trying to just be there for our inner children, as you shared, like doing a Lego set um, can really like bridge that and bring healing 
to that, like removing that identity in our current lives associated with those traumas from our past. Like we are not in that time frame. We're not who, we're not what has happened to us in the past. Mm-hmm. That distinction I feel is really helpful too. Do y'all mind if I share a personal story about kind of kind of in line with this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah please absolutely. Do. Okay, great. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I had done a lot of inner child healing with other versions of of me, right? And I was on a walk one day, and I went by this construction site, and I all of a sudden had this memory pop up that was a repressed memory extremely traumatic memory. I pushed it so far back, I guess, for my own safety measure, because I wouldn't have been able to handle that a couple years ago. Like it would have really been my undoing to see that because I was not in the place and space where I could have handled it. So when it popped up, it was like I was in the memory again. Like I was living and breathing the experience like a PTSD moment. When I popped out of it, I could see my five-year-old self, and I said, thank you so much for showing me that. I said, do you want to talk to me about that? And she didn't say anything at all. And I said, we don't have to talk about it. I said, I'm going to let you tell me and talk to me about it when you're ready, but I'm not going to push you on it. But I'm so incredibly happy and proud of you that you trusted me enough to show me that. So I was detached from a little bit. It had been so long ago that that happened. And because of the inner child healing that I have done, when that did trauma come up, I didn't reactatory like go into, oh no, like this is me in the here and now, right? I was able to step up as kind of the higher self and say, I'm so sorry that happened to you. I'm so incredibly sorry that that happened. And it explains so much in my life. like. Have you ever had like a realization like, oh, this is why this, 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 right? And so I just gave her space and like held her and told her I love you. And then a couple weeks later, she showed me the memory again. And I was like, thank you for showing me that. I appreciate it. Now, did that make me have a bodily reaction? Absolutely. It caused me to go into fight or flight and panic mode. But because I was detached from it a little bit, I didn't stay in that space. And I was able to help her work through it. Then eventually she started talking to me about it. Like having a two-way conversation. And I was able to hold space for her and just let her cry everything out that she had been holding in for so long. Then I was able to process it out of my body. Then I had a lot of other realizations about things that I had been um, minimalizing in my life that I didn't realize were associated with that trauma and why they were so intense and scary. And so then I started going through the memories with those inner children and those teens and those young adults, but it took a lot of time and just holding space and loving them and letting them do it in their time and just letting them know I'm here for you, (laughs) right? When you were ready to do that and not forcing them to talk about those things. Because sometimes with inner children, not everybody has the channel open to hear them talking to you yet. Sometimes they'll show you feelings or memories and that's their um, kind of ask for help with it. And whether you're ready or not is fine. 
what's meant yeah. to come around, come back around, will come back around. <laughs> yeah, but thank I you for that sharing. The process of like it, it's not an overnight thing, and sometimes it's just about holding space for them <laughs> and telling you, telling them you love them. Yeah, you sharing, like, thank you so much for sharing it. I had chills like listening to it because I can really um, resonate with how important taking it slowly. Because like, yes, it's you in your present day and it's your inner child that you're speaking to. But you have to really, like, it's one, but it's separate and you have to speak to them in the way that they need. So it's not like what your current day can handle. It's stepping into what they can handle. And I think that story really highlights that. And again, it highlights in the pace at which you can go. Wow. Mm -hmm. That distinction is so powerful because it also helps um, bring more compassion, I find, to the experiences that others around me have because I can understand deeper the need for safety and a pace that um, supports that sense of safety. And although that we in our present moment or within ourselves can feel like, oh yeah, like let's just get to it and address <laughs> it. it. <laughs> yeah. That's not the case for our mm -hmm. inner children and also for whoever we may be in communication with or holding space with, with their own pace. So mm -hmm. I feel it's really, it's a two-way street and it's healing for all of us. Yeah. What comes to mind when you were saying that is like, even extending that like way of um feeling things to our our current selves and like the way that others around us are currently experiencing not just when in relation to like inner child healing but even now like okay like where can I meet myself what am I able to process um because I just think of like my day-to-day -day, like if something comes up I want to solve it immediately like I just don't want to keep adding to things to have to revisit but sometimes that's not the best course of action because it's like, what can I fully hold right now and fully process? And it's okay if it's not the whole mm -hmm. thing that needs to be addressed. I can take it step by step. Yeah, it's like, where are we rushing to anyways? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I will say, um, I know that was kind of like a heavier conversation there for a minute. I will say that connecting with your inner children is like a magical whimsical experience though it's not just like all heavy dense trauma stuff <laughs> like sometimes people say i don't remember a lot of my childhood and the inner children will sometimes hide memories from you because they don't want you to deal with that stress and anxiety over and over and over again but they also tangle up good memories with the quote unquote bad ones. So when you start healing with them, they start showing you like all these really awesome things that happened in your childhood as well. And that's like a really joyous feeling, especially if you had like a heavier childhood. But outside of that context, you can become a very powerful manifester with your inner children. Because once you unravel that trauma around them, inner children are so connected to different frequencies and different dimensions and fairies and unicorns and dragons and all these things that as an adult, sometimes we over analytic and logical over, but when you heal them and you start manifesting, they can take you to these wild imaginative places. Like it becomes such a fun co-creation. Like when I'm real stressed in my business, like I've gotten real 3D paradigm. I will ask my inner kids, what do y'all think about this? What do you think I should do? They love having their opinion asked. 
my kids love being asked what their viewpoint is. I'll say, what do y'all think I should do? And they'll give me some idea that I would have never thought of myself as an adult. And it brings so much like fresh energy in and it's like bubbly and whimsical, <laughs> right? And so I don't want anybody to take away from the conversation that it's all like scary <laughs> and like dense yeah. all the time. There's a lot of positives to it as well. <laughs> yeah. Sage, thank you so much for saying that. One, I'm going to definitely try that in my own life. Um, Same. Because, yeah. you know, like I do connect to the inner child, not only in like the dense healing way, mm -hmm. but when I want to be super fun and playful or like if I want to tap into my imagination because my in, like my younger self as a child, I would just take myself on all kinds of journeys, like just mm -hmm. me, myself and I. <laughs> <laughs> so I time to time I'm like okay like let's just go there so yeah the inner child shows up in that way too and I wanted to ask I know you offer the multi-dimensional magic course is that sort of um in relation to like the fun side of the inner child or can you explain a little bit about what that is sure okay so uh my let me drink some water here before <laughs> so my uh multi-dimensional magic course is basically all the tools and resources, like the fundamental key things that help me shift in my own personal life. So when you first start the course, it's a little heavier and denser when you first get into it because it's you learning how to process your emotions, which is not always fun, but you gotta learn how to process all the emotions. <laughs> like the ones that seem heavier and denser, that's part of the manifestation process though. Like you have to have contrast. Like you have to feel angry, sad, frustrated, lost, in order to feel happy, joy, bliss, serenity, peace on the other side. So we learn how to process all of those things. And then we learn how to regulate your central nervous system because it's difficult to manifest and heal when you're in fight or flight. And I've seen that a lot of impasse and light workers, we're just getting so much sensory input all the time, especially those that are more on the psychic scale, right? We're just feeling everyone's thoughts and emotions. And so it can be very overwhelming. So learning to regulate that. Then we talk about chakras. Chakras to me was a really fundamental key point because it helped me figure out how to pinpoint where trauma was coming from in my body. And you can have overlapping things like things going on your root chakra can also go on in your throat chakra. But if you can like pinpoint them, they're a lot easier to manage instead of healing your whole self. You can be like, okay, well, I'm going to work on imposter syndrome in my root chakra or my solar plexus chakra, which ends up helping your whole system. Okay. So then we get into inner child healing, how to process through trauma. And then we get into how to manifest with your inner children on the fun, whimsical scale, how to create a bigger life for self, because now you're feeling better. You've processed all the trauma, processed all the emotions, your inner children are feeling better. You've lifted your vibration and frequency up so high and opened up all your chakras so much is so much more easy to traverse life once you go through that process. It's so much more easy to handle when like, hurdles come your way <laughs> right because we're not automatically going into our trauma responses and going into fight or flight or um our emotions blocking us up it's like everything is in flow <laughs> yeah. so yeah so it's kind of it kind of is a system that i kind of put together just based off of my own experiences and what helped me that's a lot with people yeah i really love it like the process of it because it makes 
like hearing you say it for me, it just makes so much sense. Like, how can you get to a place? I know like a lot of people want to just jump right into the manifestation and, you know, craft the life that they deserve and desire. But if you think about it energetically, if you have these blockages or like, you know, you just have certain energy that isn't serving your current highest self, Mm -hmm. how are you going to truly manifest this life that you like envision for yourself? Mm -hmm. And how does that connect? Because I know you've shared on your social media about personifying your higher self. How does does that work? (laughs) Okay. And that's something I talk about in the course too, is uh, we need to be releasing things from the past, but also, you know, looking towards the future to like bring in our um, ideal reality and ideal self. So, and your inner children can also be our form of your higher self as well. (laughs) Just because we're a adult doesn't mean that children aren't smarter than us sometimes (laughs) like they have more wisdom um so when i personify my higher selves how i see the higher self is let's say you're on a mountain you're like that's life okay you can't see the top of the mountain because of all the trees and the creeks which are your life experiences like people lessons that you need to learn all these things there are you at the bottom as a baby the final higher self form here at the top of the mountain so i can see my next highest self but maybe not the sixth or seventh or eighth down the line right and so what i'm trying to do is just get to that next level (laughs) right so those are the micro goals then there's the macro goals that are like way further away and so i tell people you need to have both in order to make forward movement And so like um, higher self me would be me a year from now. What does that look like? Then it's easier to obtain. It's more tangible. It's like, how much money do I want to make a year from now? Um, Let me give an example. So let's say that you want to make 10,000 or you want to make a million dollars in a year. If you're not making $10,000 a year, sometimes that's a big jump for your consciousness. And then you start getting self-limiting beliefs and imposter syndrome and doubt and you kind of block yourself up. $10,000 a month is a much easier, a tangible goal. And once you hit that, you prove to yourself that you can do it. And then you get a bigger container space. And then you eventually shift your way up into that million dollar status. And so there's a higher self form that is making $10,000 a month and you need to get to them and they will help get you to the next level, the next higher self, and then the next higher self and the next higher self. So sometimes we're too forward thinking. It's like, oh, I want to have this um, multi-million dollar business, or I want to help uh, 10,000 people, or whatever giant goals are. But we get overwhelmed and burnt out because there's a million gajillion steps involved in those processes, and then your self-limiting beliefs and doubts and imposter syndrome get the best of you, and then you don't make the forward movement that you want. So make it more tangible. Who are you? A year from now, what thoughts are they thinking? What behavioral patterns are they exhibiting? What or how are they uh, feeling about themselves? How are they dressing? Right. That's literally how I have shifted into all these higher self forms is just who is sage a year from now? Still have those macro goals because those are great. We love those. Like think super big, as big as you can possibly go. Just take it one day at a time towards that higher self a year from now. Just that's in more alignment with where you want to be. And then it makes it a lot easier to do just year checkpoints. 
And I tell people too, if you don't make that goal, because this is something like a session I'll do with somebody like higher self alignment and we'll figure out exactly who they look like a year from now. If you don't meet all those goals, it doesn't matter because you're still making forward movement. Forward movement is forward movement. Progress is progress. So let's say you want to open your own business a year from now. You don't quite get it up and running, but you have a website. You're doing sessions with people <laughs> like you're making content. All of that is huge forward movement. Even though you may not have the $100,000 business yet, that's fine. So that's what I see as next higher self. Just who, who am I a year from now and going up a little more up that mountain? <laughs> yeah, that really um, brings forward the concept of trusting the process and not allowing the fear, the self-limiting beliefs or the doubt, um, instant gratification, like all these concepts to get in the way of the progress that you are making. And I really love the example of if you want, like if one of your goals is to make a million dollars, but you're not making the $10,000 yet, adjust the goal, keeping in mind your long-term goal, because these little steps you're taking are going to help you get to your long-term goal. Um, but really like the trusting in the process needs to be so solid so that you can continue on your way. Everything you shared just made me so excited. <laughs> so I just wanted to get even more into it. <laughs> for like, this is awesome for those who already have like a vision for themselves, like know what they're here to do more or less, or like have some sort of like viewpoint of where they're trying to go. But from someone who may not have that, mm -hmm. and I know this is something like you've touched on on your socials, how does one go about finding their sole purpose? Absolutely. Um, I, I do want to like touch back just a second because I feel like sometimes even a year out can be a lot for people. Right. And so I tell people you can shift your life in 10 minute increments, especially if those that are neurodivergent. <laughs> okay. Just ask yourself every single day, what can I do for 10 minutes that will get me towards my goal? Maybe it's watch a YouTube video, an article, a conversation with a friend who's already in that space and arena because some of us are like still very bogged down in capitalistic society and are working 50, 60 hours a week and don't have like a lot of, or they have kids and all this stuff. Don't put so much pressure on yourself to like launch yourself into these new realities. Like do it 10 minutes a day because what happens is it starts showing you how capable you are and that it's a journey and we celebrate the small successes and then forward momentum starts happening and you literally shift your whole entire life based on those 10 minute increments. But it also builds faith and trust within self. So like back to what you were saying about. <laughs> yeah, don't thank you. you know, like, thank you for bringing <laughs> that back. <laughs> you always bring it back and I really appreciate that because it's definitely an ongoing practice of the concept of not jumping the gun. Yeah, the excitement could really like, okay, let's just continue. Let's go, go, go. But that can in itself could create overwhelm sure. when not like taking the steps that are actually digestible and sustainable to create that long-term success. Mm -hmm. And Absolutely. like, I, I love the 10 minute increment things because that's so tangible. 
So like once, and I feel like it's part of like the manifestation because it fuels your energy. You're like, okay, I'm doing this. Now you're connecting to that frequency of like, I can do it instead of like, oh, is it going to happen? It's like, no, it's happening. Like we're doing this. So it's really nice. Absolutely. I, I'm going to give a quick example and then go back to what you're saying about if you don't know what you want to do yet. So I was watching another coach and she was hosting a master class and I really look up to her. Like, I love the things that she's doing. She was talking about how to make a hundred thousand dollars a month in your business. And she was sharing the six key things that she had to do to shift into that identity and the action steps. I'm sitting here watching it. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is great. And then when I got off, I went into full-blown panic mode, like fight or flight. And I was like, how am I going to do this? I was like, how on earth does she make these things happen? I was like, it's going to take me forever. I don't know how to do these things. And just fear washing over me, right? And my higher self came in and said, okay, stop. (laughs) Okay, you are discounting everything that you've done. Like you are completely just saying everything we've done is worthless (laughs) because we haven't gotten to this like checkpoint up here, right? You need to do what you've always done and do it in 10 minute increments. Why do you think that you need to be at that place? Why do you think that you need to jump as far as she's at right now when she's been doing it way longer than you have, (laughs) right? Don't put that pressure on self because that pressure is not fuel. It becomes self-doubt and imposter syndrome and self-wounding beliefs instead of celebrating all you've done and saying, oh, wait, I'm super capable and I can figure it out in 10-minute increments. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. It's like bringing (laughs) tears to my eyes. Yeah. I've had tears several times throughout this episode, but I was like, I'm not about to start crying. (laughs) Emotions are good, though. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, for sure. The reason I want to share that is because I don't feel that everybody kind of shares their processes all the way through and they just see the end, like people see the end results mm-hmm. and then they discount like that person also went on this exact same journey you're on right now. Like you just don't see that. You see where they're at now, but you don't see them crying on the bathroom floor and saying, I want to give up and quit doing this because it's so hard. <laughs> And all the time and effort you have to spend, like, doing internal processes and external processes. Like, that's all a part of it. So I just want everybody to know, like, everybody's human. Yeah. And it just takes time and energy and effort. But you can do it, too. Okay. So back I'm to grateful, this. Like, really grateful for you sharing that because an intention that we have set for the podcast is to bring more transparency, more vulnerability to like the real life things because like you say like even us we watch certain people who inspire us or that we consider mentors and it's like wow like they're at this stage like how do we get there and it can cause that sense of panic like okay we gotta like flip our whole business upside down and that just can bring us to a space that it's like I don't even want to do this anymore you know like this is too much so everything you're sharing like, it's so impactful for me. I'm so grateful for the, like, honesty, the transparency, and just, like, sharing in a vulnerable space. Yeah, and there's so much wisdom. Like, you've shared just through your vulnerability so much more wisdom than I have sometimes have received from people showing their highlights of, like, their success. And just to bring it back to what you're saying about, um, like, oh, you saw this mastermind, and how are you going to 
um, integrate and incorporate all these things that this person was sharing. It reminded me of this mastermind that Jerk and I were just recently watching. Masterclass. Masterclass, yeah. And um, Jerka had paused it like after she had said something. And she was like, okay, how can we, what does this look like for us now incorporating this concept? And that really helped bring forward a sense of capability into into incorporating what she was sharing that seemed like larger than life or something for someone who's already like at a different level of their business. It's like, how do we incorporate that with where we are right now? Mm -hmm. And that brought forward um, more confidence and capability. Yeah, it eliminated the pressure of like going to that end goal. Like, okay, like we want to be here, but we're here. So like, let's meet ourselves where we're at. I love, I love that. Meet yourself where you're at. Like, what's just the next step that I can take? Like the next teeniest tiny step for move, like forward movement. Yeah. <laughs> like sometimes yeah. you just watch a YouTube video. Like people don't see that that's a longer term journey and that's a step in that process is watching that YouTube video but you're making just as much effort as somebody else on their level by you watching that YouTube video, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yes. Um, what you were saying about goals, if somebody doesn't know what they want. So I would say, I know it's cliche, but follow your bliss. When you get those intuitive nudges that something could potentially make you happy, but you are letting your um, logical analytical mind tell you like, oh, well, that's not gonna make me money. Or what will people think about me? Or what will I even think about myself? Or is it worth putting time and effort into? I became an energy healer by following things that made me happy in the moment. Like when I came across the Akashic Records and Reiki and light language, I didn't go searching for those things. I learned about spirituality and then started watching all these YouTube videos and reading articles and just going wherever spirit and my higher self were like, hey, you should go check this out. Hey, you should go check that out. And instead of analyticing over it, I just said, okay. (laughs) And then they found me through that process. I heard like keywords and I was like, oh, the Akashic Records and Reiki and coaching, that's meant for me. But I didn't find those things until like I just leaned into my passions and happiness and like that's how your spirit team and your higher self guides you is that internal joy that you feel. So I tell people you need to bring fresh energy in. Like you cannot find your sole purpose sitting on your couch. Like you got to have new experiences coming in because you never know what your sole purpose might be until it like comes across your path and you're like, "Ooh, that's really cool, right?" Like maybe it's um basket weaving (laughs) okay like maybe you so contracted to become the best basket weaver in the whole entire world but you won't know about that until you are following those intuitive nudges and pings and then all of a sudden you find out about basket weaving or maybe you go to like a new class and then you're having a conversation with somebody and they mention it and you're like oh what is that And so sometimes you got to just bring new fresh experiences and energy in to find what it is that you enjoy doing. But there's fear in stepping out of your comfortability zone and maybe being quote unquote bad at something. Sometimes it's not about whether you're good at it or not. It's just fresh new energy. I have a follow-up question because what was coming forward as you were speaking was the like the fear that can be associated with it. 
So mm-hmm. let's say someone has no like um, experience, but they hear Akashic or like they hear the Akashic records, they hear something and they're like, okay, what is this? They look into it and they're like, I'm not doing it. There's like a lot of resistance there. How can they maneuver that space? Sure. Okay. So when I found Reiki, I was like, Ooh, what is that? And then I started learning about it and I was like, that's not for me. I said, I don't understand this. I don't get it. There was still some type of inclination that maybe it would be for me, but I was like, not at this time. I said, if it's meant to come back around, it will come back around. And then a year later, I fully conceptualized what that was, but I had to have all these other experiences along the way and like checkpoints so that when it did come back around, I could really like receive it in its fullness. So I would say if you have like a push towards something, but there's resistance, just say if it's meant to come back around, it'll come back around. But even in that question that you were posing, it was still like, I know this might be for me, just go try something else. Go try something new. It's fine. What is meant to find you will find you. I love that because it highlights releasing the pressure. And I feel like your explanation of um, discovering your soul purpose, it ties into the 10 minute increments that you shared, like without that pressure of like, oh, I'm trying to figure out my soul purpose. Just like relax, follow what your interests are, explore those interests without an agenda, trying to like, resolve this soul purpose quest mm-hmm. that you're on and it's also ties into the concept of like there's nowhere to rush to rush to like we're just living life and whatever it is that we're following that um like those nudges that we're following within us like it's not a bad time it's not a waste of time it's serving us in one capacity or another mm-hmm. but i feel like there's also a fine line with also like remaining comfortable and not making any um, new decision because like, oh, there is resistance. So I like what you emphasize as well in saying that, okay, like I have some sort of resistance, although there's also interest, let me go find something else that's new. So also still remaining in that new energy. I also think your purpose can change. I think that sometimes people get real like, oh, this is what I'm meant to be doing. Like for me, when I had the doggy daycare, that was my purpose. Like, I love dogs. (laughs) Like, I absolutely love my canine friends. Um, And it's what I wanted to do is what I dreamed about doing. And then I brought that into fruition. But then it fell out of alignment. And I was like, this is not what I'm meant to be doing anymore. And then I made a complete hard pivot. (laughs) And just like with me, when I made that pivot, I sold my half of the business. And I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I was like, I'm just going to go do some things and then work <laughs> itself out. <laughs> and so I went to go, I went to go uh, be a bar manager, which I treated people like clients at the bar. I was like, oh, I'm not really in my like purpose or whatever I'm going to be doing, but I can still like hold that perspective over it. Right. And so kind of like start 10 minute increment my way there. And then I went to go work at a nonprofit which ended up helping me with my business, like the things I picked up from there, but that's not what I was gonna be doing long-term. You don't always have to be like fully in your purpose to still be stepping into your purpose. (laughs) That's what we call a bar, a very (laughs) excellent bar. (laughs) 
Because that also brings up like these jobs that can feel like, oh, why am I here? Like this misalignment, something that Jerk and I have definitely experienced, like, oh, this job. And it's like, oh, but this isn't in alignment with blah, blah, blah. But at the end of it, there's still things that when reflecting back can be seen as like takeaways, blessings that were experienced. And sometimes it's necessary to get better clarity and help us get more into our purpose like you shared. Absolutely. I think that sometimes you, in order to be a spiritual entrepreneur, especially if like that's your jam, there are a lot of things that you got to clear out (laughs) beforehand. So like my string that I went on in my life, I realized I had a lot of bosses that pushed my boundaries and I had to learn through them how to become a strong, sovereign being. I also worked in a lot of places, did not treat their employees well. And so I said, that will never be me. I will be somebody who holds a container space that people feel like um, safe (laughs) to be themselves and like their voices and opinions are valid and they want to be heard, right? Because my big goal is to be having kind of like a mind valley situation going on where I'm like networking with like all these coaches and healers and holding that space for them. So all those leadership skills and confidence and self-esteem and having to learn how to hold boundaries and all these things, they're all helping you with your quote unquote soul purpose. You are your soul purpose. I tell people that all the time, you are your purpose. It doesn't matter what intrinsic thing is going on. Whatever makes you happy, that's your purpose. That's so nice because and like so gentle because it really eliminates the pressure. And because we can like, you know, well, in my personal life, when trying to figure out like, oh, like, what should I be doing? You know, like, what is it that I want to be doing? Because I don't want to be doing these like unfulfilling things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, OK, I want to do this and I want to do it like go all the way in, like go full throttle but that can be very overwhelming. And it's like, there's a lot of processing of the fears to work through in getting to that stage of where we want to be. And it's just like, again, whatever it is that you're doing in this moment, that's what it is. Be gentle with yourself. Absolutely. Because I think we tie money so much into our purpose of like, oh, I, I need to make money. Like, what if your purpose is like helping baby turtles hatch like on the beach? You know what I mean? Like you can you can have a job. <laughs> maybe it's exactly like what you want to be doing. But there's like other contextual things that make you happy and are your purpose, right? Because once you hit that level of I'm my purpose, no matter what comes my way, no matter what I'm doing, it takes all that pressure off. Mm-hmm. It's just like you you are meant to come here and have an experience. <laughs> whatever that experience looks like right there's I think there's light workers and empaths that hold this like cosmic weight of like we have to be helping like the collective consciousness shift and help all these people transform and heal I'm like you focus on your internal scape and being like abundant and prosperous not just with money but just like all around and it affects everyone around you like that is how you shift the collective grid is just you working on your internal grid (laughs) because you naturally help people that way. Everyone you come in contact with is changed because you're coming from a more healed space. They're interacting with a healed multidimensional being 
right, which naturally lifts their vibration and frequency. And then that has ripple effects or the butterfly effect. So you being happy, that's your purpose. <laughs> like just following your bliss and your joy and what like lights you up. It doesn't have to be what you make money at. It doesn't have to be you being an energy healer or a spiritual coach. It can just be you getting up into those higher frequencies and vibrations. And I don't mean being happy all the time because we can't all be happy all the time. That's part of life. <laughs> Yeah. I love it. I love it so much because it brings so much purpose to living life and showing how there is so much value in pursuing our joy. Like that's such a revolutionary act in itself mm -hmm. and that's not to be undermined and to know that in doing that, we are always doing the work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like moment to moment. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Absolutely. I had... um. I was talking to my higher self the other day, and I know this is this might be like a little bit of a trigger, but I was talking and she said, if uh, let, let's pretend that we're doing a life review right now, like you're, you're done with this incarnation. Okay. And we're looking back. Would you be happy with everything that you have accomplished? Me in the past would have said no, but that's because I was always reaching for like external like validation and like success outside of self. And then I did that review with her and I was like, yeah, if that was my last day, I would be super pumped with what I did because what my ultimate wound was, was not loving myself. And like, I can help people all the live long day, <laughs> like transform and do the things they want to do. But if I'm not valuing myself and loving myself deep down in my core on that level, like none of that stuff matters. Like, you're the most important person in your life, right? And so, like, that was my greatest success, just doing that review with her and saying, I feel accomplished and love myself through and through. That was, like, my biggest accomplishment, which is so wild to me because for so long, <clears throat> when I was younger, I was like, I have to reach all these accolades and hit these levels. That's a never-ending hamster wheel that you will always be on. You have to be feeling successful and accomplished in every moment of your life. Because you've done so much. Everybody, everybody has been through like, just so much stuff <clears throat> and grown and evolved. I think sometimes we're so forward thinking that we like devalue who we are in like every moment. Yes. <clears throat> really so taking in everything <laughs> you're saying. <laughs> Yeah. It can almost have me speechless, but like it really <laughs> grounds in these concepts that are so simple, but we can overcomplicate them by trying to do the most when all we have to do is do our best moment to moment. Mm -hmm. And um, as you're speaking, like I'm just thinking, I'm like, wow, like this is really how you shift your reality. Like this is how you do it. It's in these tangible ways that you start making these changes. And I wanted to ask you about quantum leaping because like that's sure. where my mind went with it is like how can all of these tangible um, practices then lead to a quantum leap? Sure. So, okay. So uh, I've been making a lot of content on quantum leaps and quantum just here recently. <clears throat> so a quantum leap, quantum shift to me is when you see this identity that you want to shift into, let's say like your next higher self version but you have to let go of behavioral patterns and triggers and self-limiting beliefs and imposter syndrome. And when you're about to make a quantum shift, 
those things hit you in the face really hard. Like I've been going through one recently and all this stuff that has been ruminating back there in the background of my subconscious comes to the forefront. And that's your time to either let it overwhelm you and you stay at the level or you push through and you make that leap of faith on self, right? Leaps are scary because you, you cannot stay in your comfortability zone. And there's comfort and control of your current circumstances. And so when I'm about to make a leap, I'm like opening up my life container to the unknown, right? Like, oh, if I make this really hard pivot, I don't know what's going to happen, but I need to have trust and faith in myself that I'll see my way through no matter what comes my way. Like, it's fine. I have made extremely hard pivots in my life over and over and over again. And it's terrifying when I do that. I just say, oh, I'm not doing this anymore or I'm going to go do that now. It's very scary to do that, but once you do it a couple times, you're like, oh, I can get through anything. And what I suggest, if you're in the middle of a quantum shift right now and you want to like really revolutionize your life and just completely identity switch, is writing out your whole entire life story. Like, don't try and edit it. Just write every single thing that you can remember. All the growth moments, the challenges, the pivots that you've made. When you read that back, it's going to bring up a lot of stuff. It is going to bring up a lot of pain. It's going to bring up a lot of trauma. So you got to be prepared for that too. But it also shows you how incredibly strong and capable you are because we forget. We get so interwrapped in what's going on in the here and now that we forget everything that we've done in the past to make us who we are today especially if you've had a harder soul contract in this incarnation, right? You've been through a lot of trauma. So you doing a life review will also help you quantum shift because you're like, I got me. Look at all these times that I trusted myself and it worked out. Even if you didn't see it in that lens during the moment, right? The tower moment, but it really gives you the fuel to make that leap into a new identity or a new reality. That's right. Mm -hmm. And thank you for sharing that kind of tip and tool. Like it's an exercise that somebody can actually go practice right now. So thank you for that. Yes, I love it. (laughs) I think that's why I went into psychology because I'm like, people need tangible tools. Like it's one thing for me to just be like, oh, do the quantum leap. Right. But like, how, Mm -hmm. how do you do that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Here, you know how to do it. That's it. (laughs) Reach out to Sage, (laughs) y'all. That's a coaching. (laughs) This is a coaching session in itself, honestly. I'm so grateful for everything you shared. Yeah. It's so beautiful how, like, concepts that have been circulating are really, like, coming forward right now. But the piece that was, like, missing were those tangible, like, uh, action, small, bite-sized things to process. Yeah, like what you were sharing about the quantum leaping and like the unknown that comes with it and all that surfaces before it or during the shift. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminded me of what I shared at the beginning of this conversation about like all these new things that have come into my reality that's inevitably supporting the quantum shift, but making space and uh, like readjusting into this new energy. Mm -hmm. Um, like what that looks like and what can support that shift. Sure. Can I share one more tip? My higher self is like, oh, never mind. (laughs) Remember to say this. So we're going to swing it back around to inner child healing. 
Okay, so when you are healing your inner children, and when I say inner children, I don't always mean children. Like your teens and your 20s and your 30s, your 40s, they're all past versions of you. So I say inner children, but I mean any any version of you that was like five minutes ago, <laughs> up to five minutes ago, okay? So if you have abandonment and trust wounds with your inner children, it makes quantum jumping a little more difficult because they're, they, they're scared because they don't have a strong foundation. They weren't given a strong foundation. Like safety and security is like a huge thing with them, right? So when you start healing them, you're showing them, you can trust me. I will always see us through. I'm here. Don't You don't worry about that. <laughs> okay, that's not your responsibility, right? And so when I am quantum shifting, like I really feel like I'm about to shift into a new identity, there's passage over here, right, that I'm pulling away from the old identity, she is freaking out because she's saying, I want to keep you safe. Please don't do this. I don't know what that looks like and I can't predict the outcome because a lot of us are stuck in these cycles in life where we're pulling from past narratives to predict future. And that's how you get stuck in life, right? So if you talk to your inner children and your past versions while you are quantum shifting and say, hey, I've got you. I love you. You are safe. I'm validating all of your self-loaning beliefs, though. I know it's scary. I know it's terrifying. I said, like, your imposter syndrome and fears, they're all valid. And let's sit and feel them together. Let's process through them together. But at the end of the day, I'm making the executive's decision that we're going to leap. And I'm asking that y'all trust me to make that leap. And when we get out on the other side, it's going to be amazing. It's so cute. Like it's so poetic and beautiful, like the art of life. And so powerful. Because like that's something I can deeply resonate and like I've experienced is like that fear, like, oh no, like I'm scared. I don't know what's like on the other side. Mm -hmm. And if I go based on like the past, it's not something I want to (laughs) do. You know, like so there's really like that communication like no it's okay and then sometimes you know I can get frustrated with myself and it's like we've done this before let's go and it's like that missing piece of like being gentle like um an authority figure but gentle like there's so yeah yeah especially like when you're connecting to your own inner child Mm -hmm. like that offers the opportunity to extend even more grace and compassion because it's a part of you yeah so I like like I'm making the executive decision and like I need you to trust me it's gonna be okay like I love that communication form it's the best that form of reparenting it's really makes you unstoppable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even I know I know we're about to wrap up and I wanted to tell you all so I <laughs> I manifested being on this podcast yes I have been following y'all for a while and I was like, I really want to be on here. And like two weeks before y'all asked me to be on, I was like scrolling on Instagram and then one of your like, not advertisements, but like advert came up and I was like, they're going to ask me to be on this podcast. And like these fears came up and was like, why would they do that? (laughs) Right? Like they don't know you personally or no, you need to put in a whole bunch more work to be seen, you know, just all, all the stuff ruminating in the background. Me as the higher self told all my past versions, I'm not worried about that. What I intend manifests and comes into fruition. But I also had tangible things to tell them like, no, 
we have done blank, 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 blank. <laughs> like we have gotten ourselves here. We need to have more faith in self, right? And then two weeks later, <laughs> you asked me to be on the podcast. <laughs> and I said, see, and that is an evidence-based result that I can always go back to them with them. I say, find you some memories that override the self-limiting beliefs. And when you bring those up, it rewires your subconscious. So now, like when I have fears and doubts and worries about being on somebody else's podcast, I'm like, no. Remember when they asked us to be on the Flow Space podcast and we brought that through the ethers into manifestation? Remember that. We're not going to remember the past narratives of all the fear and the self-limiting beliefs and the imposter syndrome and all the times we quote unquote failed. This is our new anchor point. This is our homeostasis. I will always have evidence-based reality now around podcasts like this. <laughs> so that's how you really shift into like a new life with those evidence-based tangible results and faith. Mm. Faith that what you want to manifest will come into fruition. Yes. Like that story in itself is so cool. That's so amazing. And it's just like you said, it's a real-time example of like whatever you intend to do is going to happen you know, having that faith. So I think that is so, 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 so cool. And really, because I feel like it's easy for us to remember the moments in which we quote unquote failed, but mm-hmm. it's not as easy to remember the moments where we excelled. So mm-hmm. really bringing that into the conscious awareness of like, no, these are the things that we're going to focus on from our past that are going to anchor us and and guide us forward into knowing that more is possible. Yeah. And it can be like with anything, because last night, when I was experiencing those like feelings, the physical symptoms, I was like, you know what? I've experienced this before. I've experienced worse. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be okay. Like, I know I'm going to be okay. And that, you know, like I was okay. I fell asleep and I woke up feeling a whole new person. So it can be like that concept can be applied to all aspects of your life. Mm-hmm. Look at you now. Yeah. <laughs> and I really want to highlight, like, it's so beautiful that you shared all of whatever could have surfaced for you to prevent you from saying yes to this opportunity, which I'm so grateful that you did because you oh, have you. been you. <laughs> such a blessing. Um, but you are the boss babe that you promote yourself to be for other people, for other boss babes. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to like hone that in. That's so cool because you are embodying. The, exactly. You are the example of what you aspire to help others see within themselves. Yes. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. That's why I switched over into like create your legacy because I eventually like hit this level. Still have imposter syndrome. I don't want anybody to think that I'm above imposter syndrome and self-limiting beliefs. That's a real time for everybody. Right. So you can still be a boss babe leader and still be scared. It's okay, right? But I hit this level where I was like, wow, I really obtained all the things that I wanted to obtain. I really want to help other boss babes realize that that's a capability for them too, right? And I think think it's so needed, like both of you that are forefront leaders and like consciousness expansion who have been through these very difficult processes within self externally and intrinsically and stepping up and creating spaces saying, I did it, you can do it too. Like I needed people like that in my life when I first, I didn't think I could do this stuff. Like when I first started, like I was like, there ain't no way I'm gonna be able to get to that level. But people around me kept on, or I found mentors, right? YouTube 
you two people doing what I want to be doing and kept looking to them to validate you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. So like I see with y'all, like you're doing the same thing as you can do this. Yeah, and that's, <laughs> it's so powerful because that is, it's like the you can mentality and then it's like we can. And that yes. is how, like what you were saying before, focus internally, you as yourself showing up, doing the work, giving it your all, like your best moment to moment, that's how we raise the collective consciousness. Mm -hmm. It's not by these like grand gestures that you might think. It really starts with those small action steps internally. And then it just ripples out and ripples out and ripples out. Absolutely. I want to just say, I appreciate all that y'all are doing for the collective consciousness as well. <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> so as we wrap up, because I feel like we could talk forever. <laughs> Um, we do ask our guests some questions. So the first one is, what does being look like and feel like for you? Oh, okay. Uh, the first thing that popped into my mind was the other day I was working out because I was stressed, like super stressed. And I was like, I got to get these uh, like stress hormones out of my body. So it worked out and then I laid on my bed and I closed my eyes and my higher self said, I want you to forget who you are. I want you to strip down who Sage is. Like Sage is one facet of me. Like there's all these other incarnations and multidimensional versions and everything. But she was like, at the end of the day, you are nothing and you are everything. And there was like so much peace and solitude in that. Like sometimes I'll go on walks and I'll be like, I don't have dogs. I don't have a son. I don't have an apartment. I don't have a business. I don't have any of that stuff. I'm just here in the present moment being without any attachments, <laughs> no responsibilities, no attachments, just a free form energy being enjoying this very now moment. And so detaching from our attachments to me is being. <laughs> That's a really, really good one. Yeah. I love that. Especially like how, like I visually can see the higher self telling you just be and like you step into that space of you know, like it can be nothingness, but it can be everything. And Absolutely. that that's amazing. So another question we ask is, um, what is a favorite quote or mantra of yours? Ooh, okay. <laughs> I, when you first like initially ask a question, like I'm going through like a Rolodex of like answers, but um, there's one that like pops out that's like, nope, that's it. <laughs> so... <laughs> I, a lot, like years ago on my Facebook page, you know how you can put like a, a quote on there, like in your little header, I put believe in yourself and you will be unstoppable. And <clears throat> I left that up there for a really long time as a reminder, especially when I was going through like really, really hard times. And that's the one that like immediately popped up when you were saying it, because it's absolutely true. You can do anything if you believe that you can. The only person stopping you from getting what you want is sometimes it's you. It would be your own self. Okay. <laughs> you heard that? <laughs> and I know, and I know, I know that can come across as like a, a privileged answer sometimes because we all have these like sometimes really difficult circumstances that we're living through. But you eventually hit this point in your healing process journey where none of that stuff matters anymore. Like you, you just become so solid in self that you're like, it, it, there's so many representatives of people that have absolutely nothing and come from horrible circumstances that have made these like incredible 
realities for themselves and did not have the networking and money and all those things, but they had belief and knowing in self. I would say even knowing, not belief, like knowing (laughs) your capabilities. Yes, that's such a great highlight because it really like eliminates and it it could sound, you know, privileged, it could be triggering, but it it eliminates the victim mindset into the knowing Mm -hmm. that you are powerful, you are capable if you want to be. So that's a really good one. And you're not out here alone, like your higher self. Yeah. And your guide team have you too. (laughs) Like they will help you. And then our last question is, if you can leave the listeners with one takeaway, what would you hope it would be? I would say to love yourself. I know that's like a very broad like umbrella, (laughs) but my life completely changed when I started loving myself for every facet. Like there was a time where I was talking so down to myself and I didn't realize what I was doing in the time because I was talking to my inner children which we've had long conversations with. I don't hold shame and guilt over that anymore, but I would say you could have done this differently. You could have said this differently. You could have been differently, you know, all this stuff. We only know what we know when we know it. Forgiveness and acceptance of all that you are. I would just spend so much time and energy berating myself and saying, you know, going through all these different experiences and circumstances, the past happened that's real. We need to validate and honor that. That's not your current state. And you can always move forward in a different direction. The past and the present are not real. All this real is you with you right this second. And if you can love and honor all facets of self, you can make so much forward momentum. All that stuff did happen, but it's not happening right now. Love yourself through and through. And I know that's difficult sometimes, right? Because we all have quote unquote faults and we can always work on self and heal at deeper levels, but don't be on the hamster wheel of having to get to some level. Like you got to be at peace with who you are and where you're at in every single moment. And that like blasts open your capabilities in your container space. <laughs> so that's my piece of advice. <laughs> A beautiful message. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, if you can sage let the listeners know where they can find you or get in contact with you we'll be sure to link it in our show notes oh great okay so i'm on youtube and i have a lot of longer form content over there like i do my workshops and lives and talk about a lot of these concepts more in depth uh soul harmony magic that is all of my social media profiles so instagram tiktok youtube and facebook uh, my website is soulharmonymagic.com and it has everything you need there perfect <laughs> yes. yes thank, thank you, you so, so much. much thank you all this is lovely <laughs> i really had a lot of fun thank you <laughs> thank you for listening continue flowing in your own space by simply being if this resonated with you and you feel called please be sure to follow us like and share until next time wherever you go give yourself space, space to, to flow, flow. <laughs> Had the best time. Yeah, thank you. I'm very honored that you asked. I appreciate it very much.
course. We're so honored to have you. This is a two-way street here, let me Mm -hmm. tell you. Thank you. I was reading y'all's thing about how you like to have just like a conscious conversation and not edit. I I love that because like what is meant to come through is what is meant to come through. I tried to prep before this, like of things to talk about. My higher self was just like, no, that's not what this is about. (laughs) (laughs) What comes through is supposed to come through. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. we really try to like connect to that type of energy because same for us like you can be like oh we have to prepare but it's like no just show up you know mm-hmm. absolutely yeah we have yeah. that feminine energy instead <laughs> yeah so I really appreciate y'all asking me to be on I was like yay <laughs> yes. thank, yeah, you, thank so you so much. much like I really personally I really enjoyed the conversation yeah so much medicine like for my own self and I'm sure mm-hmm. for whoever comes across this episode too absolutely yeah, have a blessed day. Yes, uh, happy new moon. Yes, <laughs> happy, happy new moon. moon. Yes, take it easy. Take some rest, drink some water. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thank you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>